I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is supported in part by the Bertha Foundation. Good evening, Lewis. Hello, Daniel. How are you? Uh, I'm very well. I'm more excited uh, than anything because we've got a huge month of live shows coming up. This is a quick plug for all of them because you need to know Newcastle this weekend, we're coming to the Civic Theatre, which is going to be great. Uh, Kirsten Drysdale's on our show. Also, James Pender from Sammy J's doing the show. Also, Lewis Hobber, who is the number one drive time host in Newcastle, will also be doing the show. <laughs> We did it. We absolutely did it. Uh, it's, of course, um, I come from a long history of steelworkers, coal miners, and rugby league fans. So it only makes sense that me and Michael Hing, a Dungeons and Dragons enthusiast and former computer game commentator, would be crushing it in Steel City. Not only are they going to be crushing it in Steel City, uh, is Lewis going to be crushing it in Steel City? The next weekend, he's going to be crushing it in Bega at the Bega Valley Commemorative Civic Centre, which I maintain is a too long a name for a venue. They should have just gone with <laughs> Bufka or the BVCC. That would have been much better. Uh, we're going to be doing a rational fear at the BVCC, uh, including some incredible people uh, uh, like Gabby Bolt, a friend of the show, Gabby Bolt, uh, comedian Mick Nevin, who has, has been through, um, I think, uh, two or three bushfires, and also uh, Scott Ludlam, former Senator of Australia. Mm. Scott Ludlam will be joining us uh, on the show in Bega. Well, Australia and New Zealand? Australia <laughs> and New Zealand, yeah, yeah. Former Senator yeah. of both countries, yeah, Section 44. Former New you. Zealand spy, Scott Ludlam. <laughs> yeah. I'm recording my end of irrational fear on Gadigal land in the Eora Nation. Sovereignty was never ceded. We need a treaty. Let's start the show. Irrational fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra, Fair Dickum, and Section 44. A rational fear recommends listening by immature audiences. 
Tonight, the world apologises for calling John Cena a respectable actor. And Scott Morrison commits to giving one of $500 payments to anyone living in postcodes affected by COVID lockdowns or $10,000 payments if your postcode is in a marginal electorate. And... A political party named the New Liberals has won their bid to keep their name with the AEC ruling that the Liberal Party can't claim ownership over the word Liberal. In other news, we're starting a new party called the Bad Liberals. It's the 4th of June 2021 and vaccination is the race that stops the nation. This is Irrational Fear. Irrational Fear! Hi, welcome to Irrational Fear. I'm your host, former blood clot, Dan Illich. And if you're new around here, this is the show that takes a look at the world in chaos and brings order to the mess by making jokes about it. Welcome. Let's meet our first fear mongers for tonight. He is one third of Australia's favourite absurdist sketch comedy podcast, The Grub, and he's one ninth of the extended ensemble family of Auntie Donna, but he is 100% Arabica coffee. It's Ben Russell. Ooh, wake up in the morning with Ben Russell. Beautiful. Thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure. <laughs> and she's a writer, performer, comedian, director who feels so strongly about media pluracy. Uh, she once donated to Wikipedia whilst taking a shit. It's Newcastle's favourite daughter, Bess McMullen. Or Sadie Bruce Lomack. <laughs> yeah, Sadie Bruce Lomack, Bess McMullen. Look, I'm in the transition phase. It's very strange when you change your name to be a performer. Wouldn't recommend it, but... It's fun. And here's the host of the number one drive time show program in Newcastle. It's the king of the kids who still listen to radio, <laughs> Lewis Hover. Oh, yeah, Dad. Honestly, um, it's been a great week. The radio show I do with Michael Hing, it fails in so many ra- uh, aspects of quality, uh, listenership, uh, financial, so many losses. And to finally get a big win and for it to be in my new spiritual home of Newcastle is just something else. <laughs> Are you preparing for a life post-Triple J? Is this what is happening here? You're you're going to travel to Newcastle, you're seeding the beds of be- commercial radio, kind of intent in Newcastle. Is this a new life for you? Yeah. I, I've been trying to get out since the day I got in. It's a nightmare in there. It's an absolute <laughs> prison. Uh, no, I, I, um, I've only ever been to Newcastle once, so I, uh, I have no idea... I don't really know that much about Newcastle. I, I expect we'll find more out this weekend. Um, I'm really, I'm excited about it. Lewis, as the person on the ground, I can mm. confirm that Newcastle is in fact having a full-blown renaissance and is like straight up <laughs> middle class. I don't know why you think that attracts me. <laughs> because <laughs> it's like, it's just, oh, this is getting very confusing. You can call me whatever you want. No, because it's like, you can you get everything here. The only thing that it doesn't have that would sort of like tip it into city territory is an IKEA. But it's like so much food. Like they love their food and drink culture. They just don't know how to prepare a takeaway coffee in like under fifteen minutes. But they care a lot. Very earnest. Beautiful place. Beautiful beaches. Nature galore. It's truly amazing here. Um, yeah. I just really want to get out. (laughs) Coming up on the podcast, we interviewed Daniel Bleakley, who's the guy responsible for the Twitter account Miners in Teslas, as opposed to the OnlyFans account Miners in Teslas, which is a whole different thing. But first, here is a message from this week's sponsor. This episode of Irrational Fear is brought to you by the National Vaccine Rollout. Remember, it's not a race, it's a marathon, which is the name of a race, but in this case, no one is racing. It's more of a fun run, but not funny. And there's no running, because the national vaccine rollout is the gold standard, a monetary policy that was abandoned by Australia in 1932. Still, it sounds nice, 
like a gold medal that you'd get if you won a race, which the national vaccine rollout definitely isn't. Authorised by the Department of Mixed Metaphors and Grasping at Straws, Canberra. Very good there. Oh, speaking of uh, COVID, oh. Ben, you're in lockdown in Melbourne. How's, a, how's I, this fourth lockdown I treating wanna, you? I want to stab myself <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> I, it's the worst. This is actually my fifth lockdown. Oh, my gosh. I was in... I was lucky enough to be in Brisbane uh, towards the start of the year with their little snap down. And that one was cute. That one was fun. This one, it's old. <laughs> I'm done. I've seen this. I've seen it over and over again. This is Rocky Five, you know? You're <laughs> like, actually, Rocky Four was pretty good. Like, we didn't think they could they could do it again. And then you're like, you know yeah, what? It's too much. This is that was a bridge too three. far. It's, it's no good. Put it in the bin. <laughs> I'm over it. I'm angry. I heard a, heard a great quote from the acting premier this afternoon. I'll, I'll let you play it. He was talking about Scott Morrison and the Commonwealth dicking around. How can anyone trust anything this Prime Minister says now? Frankly, he's a bullshit artist. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. I thought that really summed up a lot of the mood of yeah, people in, in Melbourne, would you say? I think um, it's gone. I mean, yeah. People aren't pissed off at the state government anymore. We're like, why aren't we vaccinated why is the hot mess garbage fire of the United States so far ahead with their vaccines and we are like 2%? It's just, it's, it really grinds my gears, if you will. <laughs> when they say it's not a race, it, it definitely does feel like we are an Olympic gold medal tally at the moment. And you're like, what? China, Russia, yeah. America beating it's us. The, the list this looks is outrageous. Lo- We're traditionally good at team <laughs> the sports. The list looks a lot like... <laughs> Uh, the list of countries with the best uh, internet at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) I also enjoyed that joke because um, we're all a bit delayed by about three seconds. (laughs) My friend in America was like, hey, how come you guys aren't vaccinated? Like apparently like no one wants to get vaccinated over there. I was like, oh, my God, there's like fake news getting across the country as well. It's on us. It's our fault. It's... It's really bizarre. I was, I've, I've been on phone calls with people on the Birth of Foundation Fellowship who, uh, who are supporters of this podcast, and all of my colleagues in Zimbabwe have been vaccinated. Zim- Zimbabwe is, is vaccinated, uh, but we're not vaccinated. And it's really funny. The guy's like, oh, well, I could come to Australia, but you can't come here. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> There's so few of us. Like 25 million is such a small country in the grand scheme of things. Like, Every other country just be like, what do you do? We could do this in a day. Didn't they approach Australia and be like, Pfizer was like, how many do you want? And they were like, no, we've got our own plan. Uh, while they they said that on the phone while, you know, fingering their own buttholes, I imagine. Um, it, just, it just doesn't make any sense. They were just jerking off over their low contraction yeah. numbers. They were like, we don't even need to think about vaccines. We've got this on lock. We copied Jacinta. We're going to yeah. be fine. Like... The federal government was too busy hatching up new ways to save their rich mates' money to order anyone. It was like <laughs> you gave all those tax cuts to the billionaires, but did you get the vaccines? Yeah, I'll get to yeah. it in a second. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think Scott Morrison <laughs> vaccinated right. the most important person to Scott Morrison and then forgot about it, uh, and that was Scott Morrison. Irrational <laughs> <laughs> fear! How can anyone trust anything this Prime Minister says now? Frankly, he's a bullshit artist. 
Your fear is rational. <laughs> elephants are roaming China. Yes, over the last year, a herd of 17 elephants have made their way 500 kilometres from home. They've escaped from a national park in southern China and are mosing their way north, pretty much destroying everything on their way. Fearmongers, um, are you concerned about these elephants, Ben? Listen, I love a good uh, mish. You know, when you were a kid <laughs> and drinking was fun and you'd have to go on like a hell mish to like get some food or, you know, get, get go to the bottle shop that served, didn't check your ID. <laughs> this is what these elephants are on. They're just like, let's fucking get some kebabs on another place. And, but they don't, they've forgotten. They've forgotten at this point where they've, what their original mission was. And they're just having a good time. They're up to no good, uh, starting making trouble in the neighborhood. Um, <laughs> I appreciate it that you know knocking on alcohol factories, getting a buzz going, yeah, keeping the party rolling. You know what I mean? It's it's fun. Done, it's a vibe. They've done like what a couple of million dollars worth of damage, right? Oh yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. So I saw a video on the South China Post of mechanics showing how these elephants have busted into their mechanic shop and have drunk. Two tons of water. They had, a t- they had like two big barrels of water, a ton each. And he's like, "Yeah, when when they came in, the water was up here, but now we have no water left. They've drunk all." You know of what I want to see come together actually is the um, seventeen strong elephant stampede and the million strong mouse plague of uh, regional New South Wales. Like, would they trample them all, or would they sort of Dumbo style? freak out and jump up on stools. Is this like that old adage, would you rather fight one yeah. elephant-sized mouse or or a thousand mouse-sized yeah. elephants? I just wonder if they're like, you know the, the pilgrimage, like they're just like, okay, so you know the pilgrimage for Lawrence Anthony, the former like environmental conservationist, they were like elephants just like go to his house, just like they just know this is the anniversary of his death. Did these guys get like lost at the wake and they just... Drunk on all the alcohol, and they've just continued on, and they're yeah. just really sad about their lost friend. Well, that's uh, that's what they think. They think that the the leader of the elephant, uh, let's not call them gangs just yet, but <laughs> soon, soon, um, they uh, they think that uh, she got she was like, let's go this way, and then they kind of ran into you know al- the alcohol factory. I think was a big play, and they got. A bunch of them got drunk. Yeah. Two of them were like, I'm going home. Get out of here. And they left, went back to their <laughs> original territory. And the leader was like, yeah, I know the way. Those guys are idiots. It's this way. You, you morons. <laughs> now, and now she, it's, she's gone too far. Yeah. They were like, I know. I'm an elephant. I, I never forget. forget the way. <laughs> because there's nothing more embarrassing than an elephant that's forgotten the way. They're like, have you forgotten the way? No. No, it's no, this way. No way. I totally, <laughs> totally remember. I like the idea as well that uh, anytime there's like a herd of elephants causing damage, Rome gets nervous. <laughs> like I just like to think that there's someone there being like, not again. It's been 2,000 years and now they're back. Irrational fear! Regardless of COVID, this ball has been touched by many sweaty men out there on the field. Just go and sanitise your hands before you start eating your chips. Irrational fear. 
Second fear this week, AGL is taking Greenpeace to court over a campaign they've run recently. Greenpeace claims that um, that the AGL is Australia's dirtiest polluter with 85% of the energy giant's electricity coming from coal. Greenpeace's campaign says that they're responsible for more than 42 million tonnes of CO2 in the atmosphere last year and that they are Australia's biggest domestic contributor to climate change. But here's the rub. AGL are not disputing any of those facts. Uh, they're, not, they're not taking Greenpeace Greenpeace to court for the claims that Greenpeace is saying. They're disputing the fact that Greenpeace is using the logo <laughs> in the campaign. <laughs> it's a copyright dispute. Wow. Greenpeace is saying, you know, fuck you, Greenpeace. You can't use our logo. And uh, Greenpeace is like, I think we can. I think we can use your logo if we're going to tell people how bad you are. I was like, what is, is AGL concerned that Greenpeace is going to trade as an energy company and, and sell electricity, try to sell electricity in the street? I think that's an interesting idea. I mean, I, I do get, you do get stopped by Greenpeace people in the street all the time. Maybe it'll be instead of signing up to save Greenpeace, it'll be to sign up to to get their electricity from coal. <laughs> what a pivot. <laughs> a strange pivot from Greenpeace, but, you know, everyone's got their price. <laughs> That's right. You know, we could actually fund a lot more boats if we just sold a shitload of coal. <laughs> we use the coal to fuel the boats. Genius. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, you guys actually talked about how good coal is. You know, once you burn it, you actually get a shitload of energy. Has anyone ever talked about that? <laughs> I love the idea of signing something up in the street to Greenpeace and them promising, yeah, you'll get a little little lump of coal and your little lump of coal will sign you, send you a letter every Christmas and it'll tell you, it'll tell you what it's been up to all year. It's like someone that's been against alcohol and then just takes one sip and it's like, oh. This is the best thing I've ever tasted. Earlier this year, AGL has been trying to give more of a greener image. So <laughs> in March, they announced they're going to split the AGL company mm. into two companies. One, AGL, the, the company we know and love, which will sell electricity, and they promised that that company will be carbon neutral <laughs> as of July. And two... What they're doing is they're taking all of their fossil fuel assets and wrapping it in a second company called Primeco, which will just be the fossil fuel pumping company that no one will ever see. And AGL will be what they what they call scope one and scope two carbon neutral. So they're gonna they're gonna look after their own fucking a carbon footprint, but just take electricity from Primeco and sell it on to consumers. It's like, hey, you know, we're, we're just selling electricity. It's what whatever you do with it, it's up to you, you know. <laughs> For a company that's very like finicky about the use of pre-existing brands and logos, it's a bit rich to just call their shit Prime. Like, <laughs> is Amazon going to sue them? Is this just going to become a like Tadakan of large suing? Prime companies? Possum is just going to come back and you know really take them down <laughs> for taking the really wholesome image that Prime Possum worked very hard to instill. <laughs> companies always, you know, they want to be seen as people in the eyes of the law, but. Why can't people be seen as companies? Why can't I be like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go crash my car into, you know, into a store and people are like, Ben, you're in a lot of trouble. And I'm like, no, sorry. That was actually, that was Ben Prime. Um, I'm, I'm good Ben. That's evil Ben. So you can get him into trouble, but uh, good Ben's fine. Don't worry about it. It's like a legal Horcrux situation. You're like, I split my soul seven ways, um, seven companies, and until I commit seven crimes, you'll never catch all of me. <laughs> well, this is the whole reason why I, I, I launched a stage name was so that I could just like go and do shit and not have yes. to worry about the consequences for actual self. 
that's and then it's just really it. confusing and mm. yeah like except all my movie. friends like couldn't find me on social media like i had several friends being like where the fuck did you go did you block me do you hate me now and i had mm. to yes but also <laughs> It's so interesting, like that idea that companies get away with a lot more than individuals is just phenomenal. Um, Scott Galloway, who's a professor at New York University, wrote this incredible piece this week about the daily burn ratio of CEOs at failing companies. And Steve Ballmer, when he was running Microsoft and he bought Nokia, was burning money at $22 million a day. Uh, the guy from WeWork, Newman, was, was burning $13 million a day, whereas Bernie Madoff because he's an individual and was running his Ponzi scheme, was only burning $2 million a day. But like Steve Ballmer could burn $20 million a day for a few years and never go to jail for it. It is, it is on one hand, crazy when you hear these international people, of uh, stories of people failing upwards, and yet our Prime Minister was like, Managed out of Tourism Australia. (laughs) (laughs) It takes a true genius to get slowly pushed out. Like a country that is all coast and sunshine. Uh, If that is a job that is too hard for you, like mind blowing. Well, you you certainly can't vaccinate it if you can't sell it. Vaccine. Where the bloody hell are you? That's because all his all his pitches in the meetings were like mines. I can't think of anything else. (laughs) I actually do have one other thing. Gas. Uh, Irrational fear. This government continues to abandon farmers and regional communities. They are doing absolutely nothing about this house. The leader of the house has to be removed. All those of that opinion say aye. To the contrary, no. I think the eyes have it. Your fear is rational. <laughs> this week's third fear, if you've come off some sick profits off your Dogecoin, the ATO uh, may be keeping its eye on you. Yes, the ATO reckons that profits made on cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin are subject to capital gains tax. Well, I say to the ATO, come get your tax. I'll give it to you in the dark web. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Great idea, Dan. Stop taunting Ooh, the ATO. I, I look forward to seeing how this plays out for you. <laughs> I'm going to put all my money into <laughs> NFT <laughs> memes. <laughs> <laughs> and Sadie, have you sold an NFT yet? Oh, I'm too scared to like do too much in terms of the fact that I, so I have like an incredibly high appetite for risk, <laughs> like really high um, risk tolerance <laughs> level, except it has to be really calculated. So I've done like deep dives on crypto recently and I've watched myself lose out on gaining thousands of dollars. Um, <laughs> did, get, did give a bunch of tips to my ex-partner though who like, significantly doubled like made a lot of money well if it's any if it's any comfort yeah they yeah they might audit her and put her in prison or him or her um yeah that'd be that'd be great maybe i could get some back um yeah no except i've thought about different nfts that i could like try to create it's i just love crypto so much and i just love the idea of all of the regulators just chasing their tails you know they're, they're effectively also trying to come after god what oh now i'm having a brain blank the guy with the moon face who owns Tesla and is Elon pumping dough. Like it's <laughs> Elon clearly, Musk. thank you, Elon Musk, insider trading. <laughs> when you said moon face, I was like, Burton Newton owns Tesla? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a new crypto, Good Morning Australia, and uh, it's going to the moon, baby. Oh, to the old moon face. When I saw this story, uh, I was like, well, yeah, I mean, like it's profit tax it like it this didn't seem like a particularly crazy story to me it's just so funny that the ato 
recently their big things have been like, we're going to crack down on small business. We're going to crack down on um, new investors, mostly young people who are just trying out a grand here and there on funny stuff. Obviously, all the things we'll keep avoiding are all the other things that um, are the billion-dollar industries and the people who don't pay tax at all. Yeah, like the CEOs that got bonuses for paying their staff on JobKeeper. Then, like, yeah. we'll investigate it, but investigate it. A totally wild story came out today about Shell not not paying their um their prop their resource. Oh. Um, rent tax, they're, like they're, they're, of their Gorgon plant in Western Australia, they're not even going to pay the tax. They're just basically going to wrap up the plant and, and check out without paying tax. And no one, no one blinks crazy. an eye like, because they're just like, no, nah, we're not going to pay tax. Crazy. And that's it. Can I say that when I make millions of dollars on crypto, I'm not paying tax on that. You can't if you make millions, but they will let you if you make billions. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the, if you get to that B, you can pretty much do whatever you like. What amount of money do you have to have before you stop paying People for their work. <laughs> that's, I think okay, you have to cool, get to the right. T. That's Bezos money. <laughs> that's a dream. Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah, or um, anyone in entertainment. They're the other, they're the two extremes. You're <laughs> listening to a rational fear. Has anyone in your department expressed discomfort or an unwillingness to meet with Minister Porter since his appointment? We're aware of one complaint, one issue. Right. Since his appointment to this role. That's right. Was it a, a, a female or a male? I'm not going to comment on a confidential matter. Irrational fear. Next up, we've got a bloke who has been taking his Tesla all throughout regional Queensland and allowing miners to hop in it and take it for a ride. And the results are pretty crazy. The, if you've seen the Twitter account Miners in Teslas, you would have seen a whole bunch of videos of miners having a really good time in Teslas, including, uh, I don't think he's a miner, but Bob Catter himself taking your Tesla for a spin. Joining us is Daniel Bleakley, the owner of the account Miners in Teslas. Hello, Daniel. Hi, Dan. Thanks for having me. And it's nice to communicate with you on a platform other than Twitter for, for the first time. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's right. Long-time follower, first-time talker. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, now tell us about Miners and Teslas. Where did you come up with this idea and why are you allowing miners to go, f- or ta- forcing miners to hop in your car and take it for a, take it for a drive? Uh, so I've been a, a climate activist for about two years now, or basically full-time activist, and I've done a number of actions with uh, groups like Extinction Rebellion and uh, and other groups. My, my background's in engineering, and um, I actually grew up in a small coal mining town in, in Claremont in uh, in central Queensland, which is the, the closest town to the Adani mine. But I haven't lived I haven't lived there for a long time, and I, I, I live in Melbourne now. And about a month ago, or a bit over a month ago, I came back to my hometown for a, for a holiday and I, I brought my Tesla, which I've had for about 18 months. And I was staying with my brother and he works at one of the coal mines in the region. And he took the Tesla to work for, for a, they call it a swing. A swing is like a, a week when you go and work and, and you come back for a week. So he took it for a week and, and uh, I said to him, look, if you take any of your mates for a drive, just take a video of them experience experiencing the, the acceleration and so he did and um the first guy he got in there he's a guy named mark and i haven't met mark but i i really want to um he's got a big goatee he's got a mullet um he's a, a former well he's now a former petrol head he's no longer a petrol head and he works at, at the mine where my brother does and my brother put him in the driver's seat straight up 
took him to a quiet road outside of town and came to a complete stop and just said to him, just plant it. And so Mark just planted it, his foot, and he wasn't expecting it, but the car does zero to 100 in about 3.3 seconds, which is faster than a Lamborghini. And he wasn't expecting it, and you see this amazing joy on his face as, as he's accelerating. And, yeah, we, we put the video up online, and it, it went viral around the world. A whole bunch of Tesla accounts shared it in the U.S. and U.K. and other, other countries around the world. And then kind of realized, wow, we're really onto something here. As an activist, you're always looking for ways to communicate your message. And, you know, there's been that divide created uh, in, in large part by, by, by the media. Um, and the great thing about this action, I, I believe, is that it kind of brings, brings us together. And it's just a moment of joy where we're experiencing this incredible clean technology together how have you taken to your car being used as this prop like how do you feel about your own personal car you're not even being 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 paid by tesla like uh how do you feel about your part in this well i i i originally i bought the car 18 months ago not because i needed a car but i i bought it for activism i, I bought it to show people how amazing electric vehicles are like I, I live in fitzroy north in in melbourne so i, I don't need a, a car I, I love riding my bike around but i i want people to see just how truly phenomenal the performance of modern electric vehicles is like they're, they're just incredible and um so i bought it 80 months ago and i said to myself i want to put as many people in this car as I possibly can, either in the in the passenger seat or in the driver's seat, and then COVID hit, so you know that's slowed us down a little bit. But um, yeah, now they're bringing it out to the regions. Like people up here, they absolutely love cars. They they love the performance, and um, yeah, they seem to love it even more than than people in the city. To be honest, yeah. Daniel, how have uh, like your mates, your brothers' mates, people up there responded to, you know, it's not just, I guess the, it's not just a guy in a car. Like the the implication, I guess, is it's miners in Teslas. Like it's kind of the whole point of it is it's supposed to be sort of bridging this divide. How have they felt to sort of become the, I guess, um, faces of this um, movement that maybe they were for or maybe they were against? Uh, that's it's a it's a really good question. The guy Mark. The, on the, the the video that's received the most views, he's l absolutely <laughs> loving it. Like um, he's, he is loving his newfound fame. And when I first posted it, my, my brother was still working. So he, he sent me the video and I posted it and the guys were going on to night shift that night. And my brother said, oh, there's like 20 guys on his crew who've just created new Twitter accounts so they could watch it go viral and read the comments <laughs> as it was going viral. So they were loving it. Not only are you building the pie for Tesla, but you're um, increasing Twitter's market exactly. cap as well. This is great um, news. Exactly. This is great news. How anti-clean technology do I have to pretend to be <laughs> to get a drive? <laughs> uh, we... Here at Coal Miners Driving Teslas, we do not discriminate. We will take anyone for a drive, no matter whether you're for or against clean technology. I can guarantee you that you're going to have a good time and it's going to put a smile on your face. If I'm in the region, hit me up and uh, oh, we'll, I'll definitely take we you for a We actually live. We live very close <laughs> to each other. 
I don't want to dox myself, <laughs> but let's just say that we are neighbours. <laughs> okay. Daniel, I think like certainly in Perth during the mining boom, um, everyone ended up with one or two jet skis. Do you think the jet ski industry might be quite terrified of what your account might do to their <laughs> bottom line if people start thinking that maybe a Tesla's a better investment? Uh, but yeah, potentially. And I, I think that's going to happen because the smiles and the laughs that I've seen from people driving the Tesla, like you get so much more joy out of it than riding around one of those noisy jet skis. Maybe Tesla will start making jet skis, like and they'll be silent, and our, our beaches will be peaceful again. But uh, yeah, who knows? It's so good. I, I watched the account on the weekend, and uh, and was just like, oh man, like this is this is. I was like, this is this is smart. This feels like like activism that actually works. I was like, this is really good. Yeah, I, I appreciate. I really appreciate that that comment, Lewis. As an activist, as I was saying before, you're you're always constantly looking for ways to communicate, and it's always adversarial. Like myself, coming from regional Queensland, coming from coal mining community, and you know, I've, I've been involved in some actions that have received a lot of media, and I've, you know, it's there's been that tension there for for me between myself and my home community, my, my family and my friends who I grew up with. There's been that tension, you know, but this action feels different. This action feels like it's yeah, kind of bringing us together a, a little bit more. So yeah, yeah, it's almost like I feel like there's in in activism a lack of uh, willingness to provide hope, to provide the solution, to kind of provide the vision for what the future could be. Because a lot of activism is a lot of uh, kind of moral, kind of standing on your like moral grandstanding and slapping down people for the way they live but if you can provide a way to show what the future might look like you might be able to bring people with you i think that's uh, an interesting a, a really interesting and powerful thing you've done yeah absolutely absolutely dan and i, I think i mentioned this in the article uh, the the guardian article interview that i did last week is that like tradition and and, and this this isn't saying that like i'm not saying that Traditional activism doesn't work. It really does. And what Extinction Rebellion and other groups are doing is so important and have to keep doing it. But what I was saying in the Guardian interview is that, like, generally activism is about saying stop. It's about saying no. Um, but this this is saying here is a spaceship from the future and you can drive and you can drive it. And it's awesome. And we can all have this if we choose if we choose it. You know, that's that's what this is about. My favorite thing about it is the joy element and using joy and like just pure delight. Like it's just so simple and like what Dan was saying before about activism needing to be sort of like complex and breaking things down. It's like you've tapped into something that is just so inherently delightful. Even what even watching Bob Catter say yee-haw was delightful. And I never thought I'd find that delightful, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like the very simplistic lizard brain kind of response, wasn't it? It's like, me, me like cars fast, me like fast cars. Whoa. I expected him to go yee-haw and then go deadpan and go, it's a shame that someone's taken by a crocodile. <laughs> a crocodile every minute. Into the <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like really stoked that we got one yee-haw and the second Second year har, I was like, wow, okay, this is cool. The third year har, I was like, okay, this is getting a bit weird. But what, what you've experienced is every conversation with Bob Catter. Like, oh, cool. Oh, wait. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 that's, 
that said, I had I had three hours with Bob, and it was it was really good to to have a chat to have a chat with him. But getting getting back to to your question, oh, to, to your point about like the the joy for me, like the some of the best. There's about 17 up there now, and I think some of the best ones are my brother with guys that he works with and guys that we've grown up with and I'm not in the car so it's it's my brother and his mates in this awesome piece of kit and they're having a good time like they're just having a good time and you get a window you get a window into the central queensland culture and the central queensland sense of humor and it's something that people in the cities never get to experience because even if you come up here and you have a chat with with someone up here you, you're not going to get the real deal. Like the, the real deal is when you're a local, when you've grown up with someone and you, you get that fantastic um, sense of humor, that interaction that, that you see. Um, so I think that's what makes these videos really, really beautiful. You know, they've, they're quite late. I feel like your brother is similar to my brother and listening to him talk with his friends as well. It feels like a very intimate yeah. friendship in those spaces and it's a real nice window. So exactly. Daniel is very clever, but also very good and very funny. So well done to you. Thanks, Dan. I pr- really appreciate that, mate. All right. Well, this is pretty much it for Rational Fear tonight. Big thank you to Sadie Bruce, Lou- Lomac, Ben Russell, Lewis Holber, Daniel Blakely. Uh, you guys have got anything to plug? Ben, you want to plug anything? I have a web series called Hug the Sun uh, out at the moment. <laughs> um, it's on YouTube. Just go to YouTube and look up Grouse House. That's the channel that it's on. It's a 90s or early eight, late 80s, early 90s after school kids variety show. Um, with strong overtones promoting a cult, a sun worshiping <laughs> cult. Yeah, <laughs> is it? It's safe to say, and I don't think I'm being too unkind here to say it's demented. Yes, is that? It's, <laughs> I've, it's cursed. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> Sadie Bruce Lomack, would you like to plug anything? I'm trying to start a movement on Instagram. Are men okay? And I'm really asking people to sort of like submit their screenshots, anything associated with like behavior where you're like, men, are they, are they glitching out? Like, are they, are they okay? And it's just at, are men actually okay? I've got no followers yet, but like get on there and I'm posting the hot memes. We're going to do it. It's, Lots of content. I've got some good ones from Bumble Research. Believe me, oh my god! Lots of content because spoiler alert, we're, we're not. We're fucked. Lewis, are you okay? Uh, no, but you know what uh, does make me feel okay, Dan? The great city of Newcastle. That's what, what I love. That? I love everything yes. about it. It's a it's a love in, and uh, I can't wait to go and visit it on uh, this weekend. Mostly just so I can hang out and um, look around. Try to spot a John's brother, and uh, and then eventually at some point we'll do a show at the Civic Theatre, which I'm really excited about. Yes. Also, we are going to be performing at Bega as well, so make sure you come along to that. Uh, Daniel Blakely, do you want to plug anything? Uh, well, I'm obviously going to plug Coal Miners in Teslas, the YouTube channel, which we've <laughs> yeah we've got 17 episodes up now, and and yesterday we were actually featured in the well not featured but we got a mention in the New Yorker magazine, so going global. Um, right. But I'll also I also want to plug our Patreon account, which is also coal miners in Teslas, because what we're trying to do now is keep this um, project going. I want to run this project until the election, and I want to go to as many regional towns in Australia as possible and put as many people in the seat 
film their reactions, talk to them about clean technology, talk to them about the future and how awesome it can be. But I need I need some support. So if any of your listeners are happy to chip in, yeah, we have a Patreon account at Coal Miners in Teslas. Yeah, a rational fear is uh, is also a supporter of Coal Miners and Teslas. We've just signed up to help you out. Thank you very much. Speaking of Patreon, I want to thank our Patreon new Patreon members this week: Gabriel Trembay, Andrew Zur, Lindy Conway, Simon Gribble, and Julia Zamiro from Television is a Patreon supporter of us this week. Big thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Also, big thanks to Road Mics, the Bertha Foundation, also Rupert Dagas and Jacob Brown on the Tapanyaki timeline. Until next week, there's always something to be scared of. Good night. Oh, and oh, also here's a, here's a sketch I left out. It's an interview I I did with Christian Porter's lawyer. You may have seen that Christian Porter has dropped his case for defamation against the ABC, but at the same time went out to media to say that he was a winner. I'm pretty confused by this, so I called up Christian Porter's lawyer to get some clarification. Well, we've got Christian Porter's lawyer on the line, uh, Lloyd Lloydson QC. Yes, good to be with you. Uh, Lloyd, why did Christian Porter tell the media that he won the case against the ABC when he actually dropped the case against the ABC and the case never went ahead? Well, he did win, Dan, because if he actually went through with the case, he was going to lose. And what's the opposite of losing? Winning. I don't quite follow you. Well, by not going through the case and suffering enormous stress and financial burden that such a case can bring, that's a win, my friend. Yeah, but if I challenge someone to a race and we warm up for the race and I see that that person I've challenged is actually quite athletic and has clearly done the work to run the race, then I decide that I'm not going to run the race. Isn't that a, a forfeit and therefore... I can't possibly win the race because I haven't won the race? Well, it depends, Dan. Do you like running races? No. Well, so you're a winner too. The only loser in this whole situation is me. When Porter came to me and said, I want to sue the ABC for defamation, I was like, fuck yeah, you do. So I called my builder and said, the pool cabana with tennis court stable and menage is on. I'm transferring you the deposit now. So you're the loser. In this particular case, yes. I've been fucked. And I didn't predict I was going to get fucked. My client, Christian Porter, surprise fucked me. Uh, interesting. Your pool cabana and tennis court aside, and menage, and menage, did Mr. Porter backing down, being a winner, have anything to do with the twenty-seven page dossier that the ABC would have had to have made public if the court case went to trial? Oh yeah, there could have been some awful shit in that dossier. But what's worse is that I'm not going to get my deposit back. I don't even need a menage. I had to give my horses to my ex in the divorce and I'm just trying to get her back. Now, the ABC hasn't removed this story at the centre of this dispute. Instead, adding a little editor's note saying that they regret that some people may have thought that Christian Porter was the alleged rapist at the centre of the story. Was that part of the settlement deal that you struck? Well, there's no real settlement. We didn't get money from the ABC. They didn't even get forced to pay costs, which would have been nice could have paid for the demolition of the granny flat. Which granny flat? The one that was in the way of the menage. Floyd Floydson, thanks for your time. Oh, good to be with you. Oh, I meant to ask before we started, is there a fee for this interview? No, there's not. Fuck! Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.